In this episode, I'll share some key takeaways from a recent Dressage Naturally instructor meeting. I'll share about important themes in Dressage Naturally and how we aim to help you, the student. So here we go, episode 122, Meeting of the Minds. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. So every so often, we gather all the Dressage Naturally instructors, we come together and we just talk about you guys. <laughs> we talk about you and how we can help um, horses and the humans that love them. Uh, I have uh, instructors from different parts of the world. So I have <clears throat> Michelle Young, who's in Canada. In the U.S., we have Shauna Lewis, who's um, here in Ocala and sometimes in North Carolina. We have Shelby Hume, who's in Kentucky. And then from the Netherlands, we have uh, Lisbeth Jorna. And we also have in Sweden, Eva Angantir. Uh, unfortunately, Eva was not able to make it to this meeting. Um, so it was everybody else. Uh, so I wanted to share a little bit about what happened over these four days together and um, how, you know, what that how that can benefit you guys listening and just get a little idea into, you know, what we're thinking about when we're getting together, thinking about you guys. Uh, so I hope you'll find this interesting. Uh, if you want to learn more about my instructors, you can find them on my website, dressagenaturally.net. And just look at the top menu and you'll see events and there'll be a drop down and it'll uh, have a link to uh, the instructors. So please feel free to take a look there. I'll also put a link in the show notes. If you can find the show notes from listening to this podcast, or you can find it on my website or just email us. <laughs> we'll help you learn all about them. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention right away, because uh, it's the question that usually comes up is, you know, how do I become a Dressage Naturally instructor? And I don't have an instructor program. So these were individuals, all of these people, Eva and Lisbeth and Michelle and Shauna and Shelby. These were all people that throughout the years uh, I, I met because they're students of Dressage Naturally. And they just stood out to me as individuals, as like who they are as a human, what's in their heart, and then their um, ability as a teacher, and of course their skills as horsewomen. Um, but I don't have an instructor program right now. There's no path to become an, an instructor. So my best advice for anybody who's thinking about that is to just dive into the material. I mean, you can't be an instructor unless you're a student of it. And then after a student of it, you're such a raving fan that you, you know, you want to live and breathe it. And so that's always the first best step. And 
from there, um, you know, that's, that's how you're going to know whether or not you really would want to be a dressage naturally instructor. And it's the best way for us to start to get to know you. Um, but no promises, there's no path to being an instructor. Um, but if you want to be instructor, then maybe the next best thing is just to dive into it and enjoy it and learn as much as you can about it. All right. So the, the rest of this podcast, I'm like, you know, we just finished on Monday and at the time I'm recording this podcast, it's a Tuesday. So my head is still a little bit swimming in all the stuff and I might be just a little bit tired, <laughs> but I, I just thought, oh, I have to do the podcast on this because it's just, um, so current and, you know, anybody who knows, you might've seen the Facebook posts and known we were doing this and I'm sure there's some curiosity in there. So this is going to be slightly rambly, <laughs> but, uh, hopefully, uh, an interesting ramble. All right. So where to start? I think the place to start is, is, you know, what is our wish? So that's one of the things that we talked about. It's like, what are we doing? What, what does dressage naturally really do? What's our intention for the people that we help? And our wish for students is that they feel happy, right? That's the bottom of the happy athlete pyramid, right? We just, we'd like the horses to be happy. We love the humans that love those horses to be happy and to be relaxed. This is not a, a stressed, high-powered environment. Dressage Naturally Land is a place to just relax and be happy and to trust in oneself. So that's a huge part of our wish for students is that they trust in themselves. And that's the empowered piece. And to be curious and have permission to experiment. So those were some of the keys. And, you know, you might think, oh, well, what about, you know, progressing up dressage? Well, yeah, of course, it's called dressage, naturally. <laughs> so the idea is it's results in harmony but we need that harmony piece. The exercises, the techniques, that's actually the less complicated part. The most important part is the part where we start arriving to it in a, in a happy and hopeful and curious and free way, right? With that kind of attitude going in. And if you don't have that attitude going in, don't worry, hang around this, hang around dressage naturally land long enough <laughs> and you'll become all those things because it's what we're focusing on. We, we all agreed that that really is the key. That's one of the things that, um, Shauna Lewis especially really focuses on is like, how do we deepen that level of calmness and relaxation in the horse and the human before we even start, which is just really, really cool. So sometimes the stuff that's before we start actually becomes the start. And it's so, so powerful. And this is how it's really about helping anyone of any discipline and at any level, pretty much, to have a process of achieving harmony with your horse. Like that's what it's about, whether you have a Western saddle, an English saddle, a jumping saddle, a bareback pad, or no bareback pad. <laughs> We've even had people who, who drive, who carriage drive. 
It's about having that process, the thought process of achieving that. So to help, to help any student be aware of where they are and to have a way of deciding the next step. That's something Michelle Young really articulated really well. It's about knowing where you are and knowing what the next step is. And so then it's like, well, what if I don't know the next step? And, you know, dressage naturally does have step-by-step processes, but what we need, but it's, you know, reality sometimes doesn't go step one, two, three. So we need to get, get good at figuring out how to figure out what the next step is. Be aware, more aware of where you are and get good at figuring out how to figure out what the next step is. And that might involve not knowing the answer, but knowing that you need to ask someone. (laughs) Knowing that you don't know the answer is sometimes the first step of finding the answer. So there's this, this humbleness and openness that needs to happen. And part of this process is for us is to embrace that everyone is unique, right? So there are definitely guiding principles and there's exercises. And like I said, there are step-by-steps and modules, (laughs) one, two, three, but there needs to be a freedom to experiment and an ability to try and then try again or change your mind. Right. So, you you know, you can take a best guess, give it a try consciously. All right. I'm going to try this thing. Notice and then change your mind. So you don't have to know what's right and wrong. This is what's so interesting. As a student, we don't have to know what's right or wrong. And as instructors, we don't need necessarily claim to know what's right or wrong, you know, within principles and guidelines. But we can get in the ballpark and we can consciously choose and then be super aware so we can adapt as we go. So for us as dressage naturally instructors or kind of guides, I like to think of us as part of our responsibilities to share techniques and exercises, but it's often more about sharing our thought processes so that you can be empowered to independently problem solve by understanding the process. So we see ourselves as really with you on this journey. And in Dressage Naturally, there's this belief that no matter what level you are, it's possible for you to have awareness of where you are and what a next step is for you. What's the next piece you need to know? What does your horse need to know? And it's less about what is the next step, but what's a next step? Try it, notice, and change it when you need to. This is the process that will lead you to find answers. And you can master this process regardless of your level. So in the sweet spot course, like for example, there really is a step-by-step course. There's a protocol and it's a protocol that has been uh, honed and tried and tested for close to 20 years now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Close to 20 years now in in in-person and in virtual formats. And within that, there's protocols for things like how to ask questions, how to prioritize, and 
there's there's protocols for things like helping reconnect people with the love that got them into horses in the first place. It teaches what questions you should ask your horse, or maybe not should, but what are some questions you could ask your horse? It actually helps you find and discover your own questions to ask your horse. And it has protocols for how to find harmony for whatever you're asking your horse for and how to become more confident to trust your instincts and what you're feeling while having some guideposts to keep you on track for, for excellent functioning also, right? So feel and function results in harmony, not just harmony, not just results, but results in harmony. And so one of the threads running through everything is to help people recognize what they want. So what do you want? And to help you become more aware of in control of your own bodies and to build that communication between you and your horse. So you can create whatever you want to create. It's less about me telling you what to do. And it's more about you figuring out what you want and learning to play an experiment and build the conversations with your horse necessary to achieve it. From there, well, already you and your horse will be in greater harmony and you're going to actually be like 80% to your goal. Like that's always my feeling. Like you pick something you want. I'll help you be able to achieve what you want. And then from there, when you can do that, then I can make suggestions about what maybe you could ask your horse for in order to achieve more things, more refined balance or more precise movements and stuff like that. And so actually this is uh, demonstrated in a, a recent, the one of the most recent videos in the video classroom. So I did an exercise at a clinic about um, helping the rider position. Right. So if you, it's in the, let's see, what month is this? December. <laughs> if you go in the video classroom and look up the December, 2022 videos, there's an exercise for, um, rider position. And then there's another video. It's so it shows this exercise. And then there's another video that gives you the underlying concepts and the underlying concepts are really related to what I just talked about of this idea that, um, so I'm going to improve the rider position and in a nutshell, what it is, is I say, okay, you've got body parts, <laughs> move them around. <laughs> like you figure out how much you can move all your different body parts and don't forget any and expand the range. Just play with it. You don't have to be any different than you are right now. Just move your arms, move your legs, move your toes, move all your parts. And then you pick a couple different parts of your body or position that you would like to change and practice kind of overshooting the target. So whatever your arm is doing that you don't like it to do, do it more and then do the opposite of that and kind of go, hello, arm. <laughs> I see you. This is what you want to do. This is the opposite of what you want to do. And then here's the middle where I'd like you to stay. And so there's a protocol for sort of bouncing your attention from one body part or aspect of your rider position to another in that way. And then you repeat that until you can say, oh, look, my arm is where I would like and my leg is where it would like, whatever I would like it to be at the same time for maybe a second or two, and then you relax. And so as I'm, and this is all in the video, so you can go look at the whole thing. 
But one of the questions when I described that exercise was a student saying, well, what if I don't know what I should be sitting like or what my position should be? And that's an excellent question. But my answer to her was, it doesn't matter at this point. So I asked a question back to her and I said, well, independent of, you know, what is correct, I'll put air quotes, <laughs> I'm air quoting here, correct or incorrect. I asked her, are there any things that you know you would like to change about your position? I mean, anything, no matter how big or how small. And pretty easily, she came up with a couple things. And I said, okay, use this exercise to play with those. So this, it seems like such a silly thing, but this is such a huge concept. It's empowering because I'm saying before I tell you what you should do with your arm, you need to be able to tell yourself what you want your arm to do. And that that power of training people's brains to go, it's okay if I have an idea, even if it's not, I don't even know if it's right, wrong, advisable, not advisable, doesn't matter. Just pick an arm and see if you can um, be conscious, make a choice, have awareness. Okay, well, I, there's something about my arm. What's it doing now? How does that compare to where I would like it? What would the opposite be? So permission to be wrong in the wrong in a different direction, right? <laughs> and be able to play with it, to remember to play with it, to notice, to keep noticing and remembering to notice and changing it and not having to be perfect, to give you permission to play, to be curious and to just, it's you and your arm, like play with it and see what you can do on your own and giving tools to achieve that. And then if there's a, if there's a student who is able to do that, like, oh, I can pick a part of my body and I can pick something to play with. Then for me to come in and say, hey, maybe um, have your arm just a little closer to your side. That's going to be so much easier if the person themselves has already gone through their own process of doing what they want and they know they can have that focus and that empowerment and that confidence to do that. And it's, it's such a silly, simple theme, but it's huge. And it translates exactly to the protocol we use with our horses, right? What are the adjectives you want to use with your horse? Play with them. If you know, let's see if we can talk to your horse about some different things, muck around, try something, change it, try it again, notice how things change, Notice what's happening. Notice what it feels like. When you like the way something feels, let your horse know, you know, and then if you can do that and you can find that in a harmonious way with your horse, then I can come along and say, wow, now that you can play with all those things and, and have that practice of finding what you want to find, now I can say, hey, how about a little slower tempo? Or how about a little bit more energy? Or can you move the shoulder? You know, the shoulder is a little bit two inches to the right. <laughs> can you move it two inches to the left? Like that all becomes easier. So it's really cool to think about how simple that is and how unbelievably 
powerful that is. And so that's what I mean about teaching people a process, teaching people to be able to go in and be independent and be empowered and dive into a very self-empowering process, which by the way, will also lead to greater relaxation, energy, and balance with your horse. Cause we'll give you some guardrails of types of things to kind of, we'll make some agreements that we're all sort of aiming for a similar kind of goal and that will keep you in the ballpark. So it's not just a free for all, but this, um, this empowerment piece that it, it's, it's about process and coming from the inside out is so so integral to the heart of what we're doing here in dressage naturally. Um, it's the thread that runs through whether we're teaching healthy boundaries around food or tacking up your horse or creating free, let loose, stretchy posture, or we're creating collection and lateral work. This is the how it's taught. And I think that's, we all kind of solidified of like, it's, it's a, it's a lot about what we teach, and it's even more about how we teach it. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls, and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched, or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. Another thing we talked about, uh, I think Michelle Young brought this up, is uh, to be really conscious about all the little pieces and steps uh, between an idea coming from an instructor's brain and then going out and through the air and into a student's brain and then that being interpreted and coming out through their bodies to their horse's body and the horse's brain and, and you know, how actually it's amazing how many of those little steps there are and how important it is to be able to um, assess, you know, where, where exactly, if there's an issue, at what stage is there an issue? Is it, is it that the instructor needs to explain it better? Is it the misinterpretation inside the student's head? Is it in a way the student is expressing it through their body? Is it the word, you know, <laughs> you guys know what I mean. But anyway, just the, to highlight, it's, it's, it is a complicated process. And one that, you know, it seems simple, like, oh, well, I just asked you to do it. Why aren't you doing it? And how many intricate little steps there are in between. And so we as instructors 
need to be able to be aware of that and to be able to, you know, assess every step and take our best guess of where the one or maybe two or three <laughs> different places um, that could be breaking down. But I think that's a really helpful thing uh, for you guys also listening, because we need to do this for ourselves, even when we don't have an instructor around. Let's see, another thing we did, I did a little demonstration uh, with my horse, Solana, uh, to kind of illustrate that the idea that you can have deep relaxation and calmness, but that that is not necessarily the opposite of having energy or emotions. I mean, there's, there's positive emotions, there's positive energy. So tension and fear are the opposite of calmness. But there's a lot of, you know, tone and even, you know, attention is a funny word. I mean, there's muscle ten muscle tone, you know, we can be in a highly, you know, aroused state and raw, you know, what we were calling uh, Solana's warrior princess mode. Right? So it was actually super fun. Because uh, she can come out in some ways, she's can be low energy and uh, behind the leg to use that term. So I started her just online. And uh, yeah, she kind of like plop, plopped along like she might do if I don't really tell her what else to do. And so I started there and then started um, having her just go up and down a little hill that was there. It's a fairly steep hill, but it was small. And just started lunging her, lunging her. So how did, why did I use that term? Anyway, having her go on a, on a circle on the line uh, and it included up and down the, a hill and how that alone with a little bit of encouragement for me, but that alone um, caused her to need to make bigger balance changes in her body had to push a little bit more going up and rock her weight back a little bit going down and use different length strides to navigate that. So simple little hill, but already giving her the body, the idea of like, hey, move your body, right? Move your body a little differently. It doesn't have to be just one, two, one, two, one, two. It's okay to change things up because she can kind of get like a little metronome, which can be good, but then it sometimes is hard, hard to change things um, with her. So after that, I brought her in the arena and I played a little bit. I have a, a pool noodle on a stick and she knows, you know, like Jean Bet and things like that. So she knows a cue of, you know, reach your, your front feet out and playing that in motion a bit. So as she's trotting, I can bring that pool noodle <laughs> up in front and she can, she can actually start to get a little bit like raw. She like uh, not attack it. But it, it gets a little intense, but she can really start to go forward to it and be like, I'm going to get that pool noodle. And it's a pool noodle, and so it's nice and soft and bouncy if her legs do hit it. But she really starts getting her energy up, and she'll start nickering, and her whole posture changes. She really loves that game. So I did just a little bit of that. Um, yeah, just a couple minutes, if that. So, and then we hung out. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to um, put some long lines on. So I just attached another line and walked around the arena. She's stretching right down. And I said, okay, now my goal is I'm going to do a little pee off. So right to 
um, the most collected, you know, you can ask a horse to be. And I just built it slowly, um, thinking about like quick initiation to the energy, like ready, get set, raw, and trying to take some of that warrior princess mode that she got when she was so boldly um, (laughs) leaping at the pool noodle and just kind of access that, like, even though you're on long lines, you know, and always checking in, like, is she relaxed? And every time I would stop something or, you know, stop asking for something, total relaxation, she was smiling and hanging out and just asking for scratches. So this, everything comes from and returns to relaxation, right? So we really checked that. Is she still good? Am I, it's not like I'm razzing her up. I'm just accessing. It's like, can you access this energy in your body? Okay, cool. Let's hang out. Can you access that kind of energy in your body? Cool. All right, hang out. And so after just a couple repetitions and checking, she was, you know, really willing to go forward. She did some beautiful steps of Piaf, which is not naturally easy for her. So I like, cool, checking on that. Took the um, long lines off, hung out with her a little bit. And then, and then it was so fun because I just was like, okay, go play. And I just ran around the arena with her and she started running and like leaping and powering. And then she'd like gallop and turn around and then I'd call her and she'd come galloping back to me and raw. And it was just so stinking cool. And then she just, we, you know, I brought her over where everybody was hanging out. She hung out that for a second, then she walked away and she went and laid down. So I went over there and I gave her some cookies there and she laid down. It was just um, really, really fun to, you know, to show that we can, as much as we talk about relaxation and as much as we talk about the importance of the stretch ability in dressage, that it's not just about, you know, horses plopping around with their noses on the ground. So that's not what it is. This is just important qualities. The calmness and the stretchability, which is a result of balance, are things that cannot be forced. You can't, you know, you can't command relaxation. You can't command a a valuable stretch that comes out of balance. It's not a trick of put your head down. It's a, because of how relaxed, energized and balanced you feel, you free up your top line. That's the kind of stretch we're looking for, but it can't be forced. You got to have to develop it and nurture it and cause it and allow it. So I, I teach those as really deep, important concepts, but that's not everything. It's just the thing that needs to be in there that will give you the ability and the permission to go get your warrior princess on or your knight in shining armor for the gildings out there, (laughs) your dragon slayer energy for the gildings out there. Um, It's what allows me to go there because I can, I can check that she's still calm. So she was so cool because she just was like, yep, I'm cool. And then she'd get her warrior princess on and then she'd be like, yep, I'm cool. No problem. Think I'll lay down for a minute. And then, you know, then she wandered off and nibbled on the grass on the far side of the arena. And then I just looked over and I was like, Solana. And she came galloping back over again and reared on command. (laughs) Anyway, so it was an exercise in that. And I, you know, it's such an important concept. 
and really wanted to have that fresh in all the instructors' minds because we do work on the basics with so many people that the conversation does seem to get to be only about being relaxed and being stretchable. Um, but that's why I call it stretchable. As, as long as they're able to be stretched and you have that in there. Um, but the, the calmness relaxation subject is just immensely interesting to me because it's not absence of energy. Power is relaxation plus energy. And Solana did a really great um, demonstration of her power. <laughs> so another thing that we did is, oh, actually on that subject, it was reminding me, we, we all had examples of students who um, some have horses that are, you know, behind the leg or low energy or hard to get moving. And, um, and it's just interesting because Solana's like that, but she can play really hard. And we were talking about how some of these horses that are so powerful, I mean, they're all horses are powerful, but some of them who really play hard in the pasture, they can access that power when turned out really easily, but then maybe they're sticky under saddle. And we were talking about just how thankful we should be because I think a lot of times there's horses who have all that power and have that energy. And then they're just really, they're like really good boys and really good girls. And they've been taking care of their riders and, and they, I think sometimes like tone it down and they just learn that, Hey, this is who I'm supposed to be for the rider. And, and they don't access all their power under saddle. And really a lot of times the, the riders are kind of glad, right? <laughs> they kind of don't want to ride all the stuff that they see the horse doing in the pasture. And I think that's just another way to look at those horses that are energy conservative is to be a little bit, have some gratitude, right? I mean, Solana has a lot of power in there and I saw that early on with her, but under saddle, she tends to be a little gluey. So, you know, what I was saying for, um, for the instructors is like how she started out in that demonstration this weekend where she came out and she just plopped around. I was like, that's, that's the four-year-old Solana. That's the Solana that I wanted when I started her. I kept everything really toned down. I didn't want her humping and bumping all over the place. And so she learned to be that way. And how grateful am I? Because I didn't want to be riding a leaping bucking warrior princess when I first started her. I wanted her really calm. I wanted her really safe. Right? So um, so she started her session out as baby Solana and she ended it as warrior princess Solana. And, you know, her education is so good under saddle now, you know, now at her level, she is working on Piaf and pirouettes and collection. And I need to access some of that inherent power in her body. And so if she's slightly reluctant to do that. Sometimes I have to remind myself, like, she's just being a good girl. She's being the original horse that I trained. <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted a little word out there to, cause I know some, some people have horses who are quite exuberant in the pasture and they're maybe a little conservative under saddle and like, we can just love on them. Maybe they're just being awesome. 
And we just need to give permission to bring out some of that, that, you know, dragon slayer energy (laughs) in, in the way we want. Anyway. Okay. What else did we do? Uh, we took some field trips. So one, uh, one field trip we took was to visit, uh, a horse behaviorist and friend of Dressage Naturally, Sharon Madera. Some of you have seen her in the video classroom videos, uh, and she's been on the expert panel webinar, Secrets to a Cooperative Horse. You can still get the recording of that in the Dressage Naturally shop. So shop.dressagenaturally.net. You can find that in there. Anyway, so we went to her place and, and talked a little bit about what we could learn from her. And we ended up going out into her pasture and just bringing all the horses in, all the babies. So um, six of us or so went out there and and uh, went out to her pasture. She had like mares and a pony and baby horses. And they all just came over to these strangers and we haltered them and brought them in the barn. And it was like walking little puppy dogs. I mean, it was so, so cool. I love how she's starts her horses and takes care of them. And so then we got kind of a mini masterclass on a review of incorporating positive reinforcement and training and, you know, incorporating, you know, as part of all the other kinds of operant training methods we can use and how to use it. And, and she showed us just some of the basic early things she does with all her horses and, and how she handled one challenging horse that she had in that wasn't started at her place. Um, so it was super, super interesting just to brainstorm and share ideas and ask questions and play with baby horses. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this whole positive reinforcement thing, it just always seems to be such a huge controversy. And it's just it's just silly. I think, you know, that there seems to be these two camps, the positive reinforcement camp, and some of them are like, well, you only should do positive. And then there's some that's like, well, you should never use rewards and training. So I'm a very truth is in the middle kind of person. And these, I look at these as tools. These are tools in our toolbox. And, you know, a lot of times in, in horsemanship, we learn that we can be Um, There's different modes. We can be teaching, controlling, reinforcing, or refining. So these, you know, we're either in teaching mode or we're in a moment like, hey, we just got to control this, or we're reinforcing a behavior where we want to get a little more of that behavior to happen, or then we're refining, which hopefully refinement is coming along at the same time as reinforcing, meaning, you know, reinforcing just means, hey, I need to get more action from from this behavior. I need more of this behavior to have it happen uh, more easily. And the refinement part is I need it to happen lighter, right? So I need, I need it to be happening more with lighter aids. So hopefully those go together. But when you look at reinforcement strategies, there's kind of two basic ones, right? There's positive reinforcement, which means you add something and there's negative reinforcement, which means you take the pressure away. It's the release. And so if you want to reinforce behavior and get more behavior, and there's two ways to do it in my book, why not use 
both? Or why not know how to use both and to incorporate them in a strategic way? So it's worth looking at because if you're going to use them, you need to understand about them and know when to use, when and how to use each one. But one um, really compelling reason to think about exploring both kinds is, well, especially for people who are maybe hesitant to use positive reinforcement, which just means give the horse something that they like to say thank you. Could be scratches, could be cookies, could be whatever your horse likes to play with a ball or something like that. Uh, But there's emotions associated with each of those and with, um, with pressure release, aka negative reinforcement, the emotion associated with it is relief, right? Oh, thank goodness that annoying noise stopped, or thank goodness that poking or pressure stopped, right? So there's a form of relief, of relief, right? So it's like, whew, okay, did it, more comfortable now. And the emotion associated with positive reinforcement is something closer to yay. (laughs) Cool. Yay. I'm happy. I get the thing I wanted. I get the scratches. I get the cookie. I get the toy, whatever it is. So if you want one way to think about it is when you want to increase behavior, how do you want your horse to feel? Do you want them to feel relief? It works. Would you like them to feel happy? I don't know. I think, I think happy is nice. (laughs) So, and the beautiful thing about positive reinforcement is you can add it on to negative reinforcement or anything else. Anyway, I've got um, a whole expert panel webinar where we dive into that topic. So check it out in the shop. It's called um, Secrets to a Cooperative Horse. One of our um, instructors or dressage naturally guides, I keep wanting to call them guides today. I don't know why, but it feels like that. Anyway, but Lisbeth also brought up this idea of um, like R0. There's positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement, and no no reinforcement, um, which is really kind of like you're not releasing, you're not adding, you're kind of sharing the moment. And I love this idea Uh, and I think we'll probably have to have her on the podcast to talk about it more, but it's what I'll call in dressage naturally land, the active neutral, where we're embodying, confirming and allowing, we're sort of holding the, holding the intention, right? So we're not, we're not wanting for anything more. We're doing just what we need to participate in it with the horse, whether that's holding an, an intention or sitting in a certain way but we're, we're with them in it. And I think it's a really, really cool concept because in this moment, that is the moment of harmony during, right? So it's harmony during the behavior. And one concept of dressage naturally is, you know, this should, this should feel good to the horse, that harmony. I think everybody seeks harmony if given the chance. So this it's it's what makes me feel like it's worth it and it's nice to share moments of movement especially with the horse uh, that it can feel good and that it is sort of self-rewarding because we're together we're bringing the horse to 
you know, when I think about powerful working gates or something like that, it's like, wow, we, we can't really do it exactly like that without each other. So this moment of, of harmony, even if it's on the ground or just at liberty, like this shared movement or moment that feels kind of cool, where both parties are like, ooh, this is kind of a fun moment. Uh, and we're not in the process of giving a reward and we're not in the process of adding or taking away energy. We're just holding the space. So I think it's a super cool concept and uh, something we talked about, which I think we'll have to dive into a little bit more. Also, when we were there at Sharon Madera's, uh, we played the game um, of Portal, P-O-R-T-L, and that stands for Portable Operant Research and Training Lab. And there was um, someone there, Jessica, who is um, interning with Sharon and, and they're training with her, uh, was highly trained in this game. So it was really cool. I played the game once before, but we were kind of like making it up as we went. Uh, and so this was someone super, super trained in it. And so she was the trainer and let us all experience being the learner. And uh, so check it out. It's it's where you get to practice your skills for, um, for training using, um, they use a clicker. Um, and it really, you know, I'm going to have to do it more. So Sharon and I committed to getting together regularly and playing this game, uh, but really cool to look into. So recommended. <laughs> What else did we do these four days? Let's see, I actually started out um, pretty early in our four days. I did a bridalist, bridalist dressage ride on the Tia and really uh, highlighting, oh, hopefully it was inspiring, but highlighting how when the foundation is good, you you really are free to take the conversation to the next level. And you you have all your aids to to start using for things like creating different posture and creating different bends and creating different lengths of strides and shapes of strides because the go stop and turn in general is working and how you know during that sometimes if if I'm needing more aids than ideal to do some of these things how you can pretty quickly lose some of those basic things so there were some moments where she was getting her power on um, and then it was like oh wait I can't really stop as easily as I could a second ago and have to, you know, go immediately like, okay, let's, let's get that tune up of the backup again. And then, you know, seconds later, we're back at it again. So, um, that was super fun. And, uh, she's just so lovely. Um, let's see what else we did. Uh, we, we talked a lot about, as some of you know about the dressage naturally happy athlete training scale. So you can find that on my website. I did a podcast about it. Well, it's the sort of priority of what we're looking for in the whole picture, you know, happiness, a base of happiness and harmony, and then going up the levels until you get to like your sports specific training. I have a happy athlete quiz. You can find that at dressagenaturally.net slash quiz. And you can walk yourself through and get some, um, some um, custom uh, insights from me, depending on how you answer the questions. But it's a very holistic view. So we kind of took that out and got it even more detailed. And this is actually something I'm going to develop more and we'll probably end up putting it 
in a form that can be released at some point, but it'll be a little bit of like a checklist of, you know, all the things to consider. So where that came from is, you know, when we go and meet students and horses, especially challenging horses for the first time, you know, we walk in there and and we're thinking, well, what are all the things that we're looking at? Because we're not just going in and say, okay, show me the one problem, but we're kind of going big picture view too. Dressage naturally really cares about the whole picture. And so we started to take the things that we're sort of doing in our head and doing just from experience and because we know this stuff and putting it out in a written form. And we're thinking it could be really cool to have that checklist and be able to um, give it to people to use. And to also when we go and we, you know, go to a new person and they want like a consultation from us, it's a way we can take notes and be able to hand it to the person and go, well, here's all the things that we think, um, you know, should, could be addressed or looked into or think about, you know, take into consideration. So stay tuned. Uh, I think that's going to be a super helpful tool. And so then we're balancing that with the other concept that we do, which is when you do have that challenging piece. So we've gone big picture scan. Now let's dial in and look at what is the challenge. And then to kind of, so we go macroscopic and then we go microscopic. And within the challenge, there's lots of pieces. And then what is our best guess for what is the piece? And Shelby Hume really highlighted this. She's like, what does a horse need to know? And I love that. It's not what's wrong, what's not working. But Shelby was like, what does a horse need to know? And I I just think that's such a great way to look at it is what do, and because then it puts it on us. Like, what do we need to teach the horse? And that kind of connects to something I'll say a lot is like, what's the one sentence? If you had one sentence to say to the horse right now, what would it be? What's the piece? What's the piece? And if we can take a good guess at what the piece is that can be the piece that starts to make everything else easier, now we're really, really on our way. So so the DN squad, <laughs> we all had our matching jackets. And uh, we visited a couple places uh, and looked at uh, a few different horses. And we were able to look at them and share what we saw and give ideas and was everything from um, quite a troubled, um, very like super athlete horse uh, to a super smart, beautiful, fidgety pony to another really beautiful horse recovering from a previously stressful life who now has a new partner and kind of helping her. Actually, she didn't even need that much help. She was doing such a fantastic job. So that was super fun to see how she's uh, taken her dressage naturally knowledge and just implementing it so beautifully, but we're still able to then refine more and give some more subtle ideas. And, and uh, yeah, so that was super fun. And what was really satisfying to me also as sort of the leader of this group is to watch how, you know, we, as a group of instructors, so there's five of us can, you know, march into a place and all be scanning and all seeing something from slightly a different perspective, but how we all sort of keyed in on the same things. 
So that's very, very satisfying to me and how we were able to work together and not just bombard each person with like random ideas, but how we um, worked with each other and fed off each other and added to each other and just was feeling super grateful for the people that we visited and how open they were. And one was a professional and, you know, had his client there and, and, you know, that's just really unusual often to, to be in that kind of a open collaborative, Hey, let's all work together for the common good of this horse that's in front of us and put egos aside and just be in service just be in service to the situation and be in service to the horse. So I was feeling super proud of how we worked together because we really didn't have to talk about that. We just went and we all were in that vibe. And that's why I was feeling like the proud, (laughs) so proud. I'm like, yep, there's a reason why I chose all these amazing women to do this. So that was super fun. And I think, yeah, the, the, that's the main takeaway is I was, I, I left these, I finished these four days. I didn't leave. It was all at my house. So (laughs) they all left. (laughs) I, I was left feeling so, um, inspired by them because all of them, you know, it's, it's concepts. They came to dressage naturally already with experience, um, in varied aspects and then learning this shared material. And my concepts are very you know, the exercises are very clear, but I say it's the stuff all in between the exercises where the power is and they all really get it. And to hear them expressing those concepts and expressing how they utilize them in their own world, um, different ways to say the same thing or different angles to get to the same place um, was really, really, really inspiring and satisfying for me. So I feel really great about the horse world and and what dressage naturally can do to help people. And these are some pretty amazing, amazing women. So uh, please check them out. So again, you can learn more about them on my website. Just go to dressagenaturally.net. Look for on the top navigation where you can find instructors. I'll put the link in my sh- in the show notes to this episode. And, uh, and one very important thing here, um, if you would like to bring any of these instructors and dressage naturally and all these amazing concepts and, and get help for, you know, your, you and your horse and your friends and their horses. So if you'd like to bring a dressage naturally clinic to your area, we are looking for some super hosts and you might be saying, what's a super host? Well, if you are one, <laughs> or you know one, you know what I mean. I mean, these are hosts that know how to run a clinic. Maybe you've got access to good facilities and like you can handle it. You're like, no problem. We'll get you there. You know what it means to have a horse safe facility and a facility where the horse's welfare is the top priority and the comfort and um, ease of operations is a top priority so that we can create those safe, amazing learning environments where people are comfortable and relaxed and happy enough. And the horses are comfortable and relaxed and happy enough to learn. Um, We're really seeking out um, some excellent hosts. So um, we're looking in Canada, in the USA, and also in Europe. 
because, you know, we have Eva in Sweden, we have Lisbeth in the Netherlands, we've got Michelle in Canada, and we've got Shelby and Shauna in the USA. Um, these are amazing, amazing people, and they really get it. <laughs> they really do. So we're looking to expand our reach and to organize uh, different places. We get so many requests from students but we really, really need a great host and great facilities to make it the best experience. So if you're interested and you are a, a host and or facility owner, uh, please feel free to contact us. You can email us at info at dressagenaturally.net. And we'd love to talk to you about how you can be part of the team and bringing more harmony to the students and the horses in your area. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process. <laughs>